Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. The turn, and she's yet to quicken this favourite Cat King Cole, leading the way. My ultimate Levi second. Harley Blue was the first to come deeper. Comes up on the outside. Head noise fourth. Then Gullmug. The sprinter's right on now. It's Cat King Cole leading the way. Back to the inside goes My ultimate Levi. Then Harley Blue. Clear the runway. This filly's off and gone again. Cat King Cole takes off and wins well, beating My ultimate Levi. Yeah, very Harley exciting Blue. type. And as Chris mentioned earlier, she's going to run a very short priced favourite from Gate One at Albion Park on Saturday. Night. Chris Barsby, good morning. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. On Tuesday morning, Chris, we talked about, you know, if we were to replicate a track in Queensland. Of course, racing Queensland are currently looking at sites. They may even lock locked in a site for a, a new harness racing track. And so I did put it out there and we got over 500 votes, 528 votes to be precise. And this was the wash up. So 28% said Menangle. 29% said Albion Park, 24% said Melton, and there were 19% uh, mentioned other tracks as well. So be interested to get uh, Daryl Graham's thoughts, Chris, on this matter, and he joins us first up on Mobile Rolling this morning. Daryl, good morning. Morning, boys. How are you? Good, thanks. Daryl, what well. track would you like to see in Queensland replicated? Um, yeah, well, Albion Park is very good. Um, I, I actually quite like... Um, Melton as a track, um, had a little bit of success down there, um, and I'm probably one of the ones that people have, won't like. I, I actually really like Menangle. Um, I know I can understand you guys where your spectators' point of view, but I think for the for the horse, um, you know, just sort of the bends, you're sort of not sort of running tight bends and and all that sorts of things, and but I, I actually quite like my angle track, so I'd, I'd have to put my vote there. So you're going with the 1,400 metre track? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's... it's uh, I've, I've driven there a little bit, and um, I, I actually quite like it. So, like I say, yeah, spectator point of view, probably people don't like that, but... Um, uh, I actually, I actually like Menangle, so um, I'm probably one of the, the few that do. But um, yeah, that that's, that would be where my vote mm. would go, Chris. Yeah. You mentioned spectators, Daryl. What are, what are the other things the punters don't like, or even some participants don't like about Menangle, the bigger track? I don't really know. Like every horse seems to get their chance, um, you know. And I'd go, you know, ten across the front. Um, if you've got gate speed, you can put your horse in the race. So. Um, um, and like I say, like every horse seems to get a chance. I'd, I'd put an angle with a sprint lane. That's what I would do. Um, and that sort of opens it right up then, and, and the best horse wins, I think. Chris? Steve, the other tracks that would have got mentioned strongly would have been Gloucester Park. Half-mile yes. circuit, no sprint lane, very competitive racing over there in the west. And the other track that would have garnered good support would have been Addington. It's a 1,200-metre track. The only problem with Addington, and I'm not saying it's not fair, but they can't run mild races because you're starting on a bend. We have a lot of mile racing. And that, that's right, too. Um, but, you know, again, a 1,200-metre track, if they wanted to go in the middle, you know, I, I'm not the, you know, 1,950-metre races. You still get a mile rate out of it. So, um, you know, but, and that, that, that might put us, you know, better in line with the New Zealand, um, with the New Zealand form 
you know, like I say, we won my, run a lot of mile races, but um, uh, I think that's just for the punter and, you know, get it over and done with quickly. Given we're talking about it, Darrell, where would be the ideal place to put a harness track in, in south-east Queensland, your opinion? Fernvale. Is that down the road from you? <laughs> Two minutes? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, actually, probably not Fernvale now. So uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to find somewhere else. But if, if, if someone can give me the heads up where it's going to be, I'll, I'll buy right next mm. door to it. So. But, um, but obviously you yeah. want access to a main arterial road, don't you? Correct, correct. So it's not, um, you know, out um, Ipswich Way on our highway or the Gold Coast Highway, but, um, you know, like just Deegan, you know, uh, somewhere like Deegan would be great where you've got, um, you know, rail and bus and all that sort of stuff as well. So, but it, it's um, we've sort of, most highways are getting sort of chalked up now. So, um, um, you know, even the, the turn off to Yatla there, it sort of gets a bit congested sometimes. So um, you'd have to see the, the one of the, one of the problems with Menangle is, um, you, you, there's no sort of good access to it, so you've got to turn off the highway a fair way before you get to an angle. So it'll it'll be great to have somewhere with access just straight off the highway and straight to the track. Chris, mm-hmm. just on an angle, how long does it take? Say you lived in the CBD in Sydney, how long does it actually take to get to an angle? Well, it'd be an hour, wouldn't it, Daryl? Yeah, forty-five minutes to an hour. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, on a good on a good run, you get there in sort of I reckon sort of forty-five, fifty minutes, but. Um, you know, through the tunnels and all that sort of stuff. So, but then, the, like I say, if if the, if the access straight off the highway to an angle was there, which it's, you can nearly see it from the highway, um, it, it'd be a lot shorter. But you've got to come off, you know, go through Campbelltown and um, and then sort of get to it that way. One other question, Daryl. Just whilst we're talking about tracks, you, you're in the throes of selling your property, as you just outlined. If we had a, a, a proper training facility like we do at Menangle, where they have that training facility on course, would you be tempted to go that way rather than trying to find a property and, and rebuild from, from the bottom up with a property? 100%, Chris, 100%. Yeah. If, if that was available, I wouldn't even... I, I, don't worry, I've even thought about, you know, sourcing out Menangle and seeing what it was like for six or 12 months or, you know, a couple of years, but... I just like Queensland. I, I like the, you know, the, the weather up here. Um, you know, I, I particularly don't like Sydney. You know, the traffic and all them sorts of things. And um, but yeah, if they had a training facility, I'd just buy a lovely house somewhere um, where Linda could um, be very happy. And uh, I'd, I'd, you know, if, if I had to travel to the to the training establishment, I would. Uh, and that that would be. And, and I think. Um, You'd, you would get a lot of interest. A lot of people would um, would do it, and you'd have uh, interstate people um, coming. I'd, I'd say, you know, because because yeah. of our weather and um, just a different, you know, different style of racing and everything up here. Well, it, it seems a natural pathway for young people as well. As we know, with uh, prices of land and and houses, it, it's getting. It's almost getting beyond reach for a young person. So if we had training facilities available, I think there'd be a lot more interest from younger people. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, 100%, Chris. Like I'm, I'm looking at places now and we're out yesterday and I've got to go out again today and I've got to go out Saturday. But um, you're, you're talking a million plus dollars if you want a, you know, a place set up, stables, track, um, and, and that's, you know, that's basic you know, and, and that's what I mean, like, 
um, I'm not getting any younger. So, you know, if if, if there was a training, uh, you know, establishment somewhere where you could just walk straight in and it'd be great. And then when you wanted to retire, you wouldn't have the, you know, the thing of selling your property and all that sort of stuff again. But, but yeah, it, it's it's a fair whack out of uh, out of someone's pocket. Yeah. And then there's the upkeep once you've got the property as well. And that's what people, I can't understand where people whinge about track fees and everything like that. You know, people that have their own properties, you know, maintenance on your vehicles, track, you know, resurfacing your track every 12 months and, you know, water and all them sorts of things. It's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a big cost and when you've got that covered or you can just pay for that, it, it's, a, it's a almighty plus. And I've spoke to David Brick about it, you know, a couple of times and I think they're trying, but, um, you know, it's just all the the government hoo-ha and red tape and whatever they've got to go through it's you know we should have had something in process a long long time ago when gold coast closed yeah what's yeah, happening with it. albion park chris during the olympics oh, i think it'll be gone by the olympics oh you know we've probably got a lifespan of five or six years that that's just at a guess i don't know that for sure but it is cited to be a uh a venue for the Olympics. I think it's an indoor sports facility. If you go through the uh, the website and the, and the channels there, and um, I think Albion Park's on a very short timeline. And that's the thing too, Chris. Like people just thought Gold Coast wouldn't go. And guess yeah. what? <laughs> it went. Mm. Yeah. Just on that, a few people said Parklands, Daryl. We know the Greyhound track there was outstanding. That one turn track on the grass there at Parklands. And what was the harness track like? Is it was it a track similar? Just fantastic. To... Yeah. What size Fantastic. was it? thousand metres. It was nearly, probably not as banked as Albion Park, but it, it was a very good track. So, um, you know, and, and they had they had the on-course stabling there and they were always full. You couldn't get in there, you know. So um, that's what I mean. It, it would get, they, they would pay, they would pay back. It would take a little while with, with rent and everything, but, you know, there's just another form of income there for them. If they had to set something like that up, you know, that's, it's, I, I think it's a no-brainer, but like I say, it's, the wheels roll slow. Mm. Yep, they do indeed. They do indeed. Uh, let's focus on this big race on Saturday night, Daryl. I am Sparta. He was one of the heat winners along with the Philly Cat King Cole last week. Barrier draw done later that day. The Philly draws one. You've got gate eight, the inside of the second row, directly behind the Philly. Are you any chance of running her down on Saturday night? If they go fast enough. They've, they've got to go, you know, they can't just let her sit up and sprint home. You know, she, she's proven how quick she is, so um, I'm a chance if, if they bowl along, you know. Um, so hopefully, you know, um, a couple of the front liners put a little bit of pressure on early, then Grant gets around and makes a, uh, a you know, good contest if, you know, people... And I, I was, you know, I was hoping to draw the front, but I didn't, so that... But my second best draw was on her back, so um, I'm in. I'm in sort of the, the hands of everyone else in the race there. And if um, um, you know, Kylie's a very, good, very good driver, and she's a very good filly. And if they let her dictate, I think she can just win. But um, if they go quick enough, I'm a, you know, th that's probably my only chance. Answer me this question hypothetically: If the roles were reversed with the draws, would you be confident of going all of the way with I Am Sparta with Cat King Cole on your back? Um, yes, yes, yeah. She she's quite a nice filly, Chris. We we haven't sort of, like, you know, she's sort of done everything she's had to do, and and she's very quick. So, um, 
you know, if, if I could sort of dictate, which probably is what Kylie's going to do, um, you know, and make it a dash up the straight, uh, you know, maybe, but, but she is she is very quick. But uh, I'm, I'm happy where we're drawn. It gives him his chance to earn some money. Um, and if it's, a, a, you know, a bigger check than second, it'll be great. Okay. Now, he's had 11 starts so far this season. He won his first start. He went a tick over 56. Last week, he went a tick over 55. Is he going better now than what he was earlier in the season when there was that boom on him? Um, probably his own worst enemy in a couple of races. Um, you know, he went good first up, and um, he's still a little cult, um, and his sort of manners let him down a little bit. Um, you know, no, no fault of uh, Shane's. He sort of, I do, you know, all the work with him at home here, and he's a, he can be a little smarty pants at times. Um, so, you know, after driving him in a couple of trials, and Shane just said, well, you know, you seem to get on pretty good with him. You keep driving him. So um, that's not to say when he comes back next year as a three-year-old that, um, you know, I want to drive him again. But um, but the owner sort of wanted me to stick with him. So, um, yeah, he's uh, he, he has got a few little tricks, but I've... Touch wood, he's, he's um, on top of his game at the moment. Okay. Is this the uh, end of season for him off to the paddock after Saturday night? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He goes he goes straight out for oh, a couple of months, um, you know, uh, eight weeks or 12 weeks or something like that, or 10 weeks. But um, Breeders' Crown thought about it, but uh, he's had a quite a long season uh, and 11 starts and a few of them trials in between. So... Um, he'll, he'll really appreciate the paddock and um, he'll sort of develop up into a really nice three-year-old. We know how fast he is and if, if his manners keep improving like they have been, he'll turn into a, quite a nice racehorse. Does he remain a cult during that break? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there was a little bit of hesitancy there with that answer. <laughs> well, it's a 50-50 vote and the owner wins. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, that's Saturday night. Appreciate the time this morning. Good luck on Saturday night with I Am Sparta. You're uh, chasing down Cat King Cole. Fingers crossed everything goes to plan for you. Who's the underbidder on that horse, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> She'll join us later. Oh, OK. Yeah. Should have mentioned uh -huh. it, Daryl. Thanks. <laughs> Daryl Graham joining us this morning. Chris, mobile rolling. Well, Bernie Hewitt's about to join us, Steve, and I'm keen to get his thoughts as well because, as we know, Bernie's based at Bathurst down there in New South Wales. They've got that new track at Bathurst. It's pretty much a 1,000 metres. So it'll be interesting to get Bernie's thoughts on track size as well. What is the ideal track size? And he's about to join us now. Bernie, good morning. Morning, Chris. You've driven at a lot of tracks. You've got the new track there at Bathurst. Uh, we're in the throes of hopefully getting a new track here in Queensland. What is your preferred size track? Oh, I think you yeah, can't go past a thousand metre tracks, Chris. Um, you know, having driven on all types, all sizes, um, I think it comes down to it's a good safe size. It's a good size for all the fields. You know, the, the size of fields we normally race, and um, uh, and it also for as far as spectating. You know, it, once you get out to the fourteen hundred, like Menangle, you know, it's a bit more like a gallops track, and um, pretty hard to follow them. So yeah, I think thousand metre. Just on Menangle, driving on Menangle, is, is it a beautiful track to drive on, but it's just the, the, the spectators that are missing out because it's so big? Uh, it is. It's obviously, um, you know, bigger bigger they are, the safer they are, really. But 
this day and age, like the thousand metre trucks with the, um, the the carts we use these days, they seem to be really, really good and safe anyway. But Menangle's great to drive on, but um, yeah, I just sort of feel it's it's bigger than what we need in our our game. You know, I, I just always been happy with the thousand metre trucks once we ventured out, you know, from the half mile tracks. So. Um, yeah, no, it's a terrific track to drive on, but um, I think it just lacks a bit of um, spectator, you know, uh, viewing, and um, I don't really think we need to go that big. Yeah. What about sprint lanes, yay or nay? Um, I think from a punter's perspective, um, I think um, they're a yay. Um, I actually thought Menangle, you know, should have had a double sprint lane just to, to give every horse opportunity and probably create a bit more mid-race moves down there. Um, you know, just with no no sprint line, even though it's a, a big track, uh, sometimes you do get held up, you know, when you're sort of two or three back defence or four back defence. So um, I think that should be explored, yeah. That's interesting. How many tracks have got those double sprint lanes around the world? Bernie, do you know? No, I don't know. Chris? I don't know, but, uh, yeah. Chris? I'm not sure, Steve. There's a few that are quite deep. Yeah, I think so. just um, my view is that if if you work to the lead and there's pressure coming and uh, you you tend to uh, know if you've got a sprint lane that you can um, you know let, let the next horse go and and in turn that guy might like let the next guy go. So it creates a lot more moves in a race. Mm. I feel um, when that um, when that facilities there and um you know creates you know more truer run races bernie i think you're spot on about the sprint lane in relation relation to the punter um because we're, we're trying to get you know harness racing back to the glory days and get uh, punters confidence all that sort of thing and there's nothing worse is there if there's a say a two's on shot or a hot favorite or whatever behind the leader and never gets clear it's just you know it's just not a good look for harness racing in general is what i'm saying you know uh, i know it happens in the gallops and all that sort of thing but i, I just what you say what you said i think is right in regards to having it for that reason in particular yeah yeah that's for sure well, that's our lifeblood you know we've got to have the, the punning turnover um you know that's what that's where the bulk of our prize money comes from so you know you've got to have the punters on side and i think any any um, facility like that, that that can give them confidence, I think we should be exploring. Bernie, do you like the new Bathurst track? Yeah, yeah, no, the Bathurst track's a really good track. Um, you know, no troubles with it at all. It's it's one of the better tracks in the New South Wales, for sure. Okay, and Wagga? Yeah, another really good track. It was built after Bathurst, and um, it's uh, it's a great track. It, it seems to be running, you know, anything up to a second and a half, two seconds quicker than the Bathurst track. Um, I don't know if it's a surface or what it is, but it's a really quick track down there. And, um, yeah, it's a great facility down there. Okay. All right, well, let's focus on uh, Saturday night. You've got two runners in this Group 1 feature, the AP Gold Final for the graduates of the Sales Series last year. Head Noise and Indy Jewel, both of Phillies. You've opted to drive Indy Jewel. Was that a tough decision or an easy one? Oh, yeah, no, it wasn't wasn't too hard. But they've both been um, both been racing consistently. But um, you know, they're obviously not up to the better horses in the race. Uh, they're up here because they were brought out of the sale, and and they've um, you know trying to win their bonuses up here in, in uh, Queensland, and, and they'll stay on then and have a spell up here and. Uh, and then 
race up here as a three-year-old then. So, uh, yeah, I, I just got on Indy Jewel. She's got a few uh, Fred Astaire steps about her, but she's getting better each run and quite happy with her. Um, neither of those two fillies will worry the, the favourites in that race, but uh, hopefully they, they run good races themselves and, you know, might pick up a bit of uh, prize money as well. Do you feel in 12 months' time that your fillies are going to be more than more than OK, with a bit more time and maturity? For sure, yeah, yeah. No, well, that, that goes for most of most horses like that, and they're both uh, they've got their little issues, but uh, I think they'll be they'll be nice enough three-year-old fillies down the line, and you know sometimes they just need that extra sort of six or nine months to really mature out and learn learn the trade. So um, they'll be better for this experience for sure. Okay, couple of quick ones. Race four, Voodoo Lou, Gate six. Can she score here on Saturday night? Um, she's been racing very honestly. Um, she's very, very strong, and um, like I, I've been really happy with her. Um, I think she can go awful close in that race. It's sort of, you know, the, the draw isn't ideal, but as I say, she's a fairly strong uh, mare and very happy with the work. Okay, make mine Memphis in race five, another one that's going super. Looks hard to beat here from the inside draw. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's a great draw for him again. And, um, you know, last week he uh, he had to work three times in the race and I went 52 and a bit and he's only gone down a little bit so running third. So I think uh, he seems to have recovered well from that run and um, I think he'll be a, a great chance in that race again, yeah. Okay, race six, another mare that's going well. Her sectionals are super. Make mine heaven. Can she feature? Yeah, this will probably be her last run, I think, uh, before she goes to stud. Um, I'll be taking her home next week. Um, I'm hoping she can go out on a winning note. So um, she's been a lovely mare and she's bred in the blue. So um, she'll go to stud and hopefully she can go out a winner. Okay. Race 8. This guy, his numerical form doesn't read well, but I, I think he's going a lot better than that crazy Shippo. Hasn't had much luck with luck in running and draws. Can he play a part on Saturday night? Um, it's one of those things like uh, if there's decent tempo on, he, he'd be a chance. Um, I'd say from that draw, I'll be sort of um, dropping him off the gate and, and looking just to trail into it. On his best form, he's uh, got quite a lethal sprint. He hasn't quite been at his best up here, but um, we'll leave him up here, uh, along with a lot of the others, to race on for a while. So hopefully he'll uh, regain their form soon. OK, and the last one is Rock Fisherman. I've been all over this guy for the last month or so now. Again, he's just going a lot better than what the numerical form reads. Can he feature on Saturday night? I'm hoping so, Chris. He's, um, he's probably working as good as any of them, but we just haven't had a lot of luck with him. And, uh, you know, he blew the start there a couple of runs back and... I set him a task last week that didn't work out. So, um, yeah, if, not, if he doesn't sort of uh, win this week, the uh, win won't be too far off, I don't think. OK, so you're heading home next week? Yeah, that's right, Chris. Is it starting to get a little warmer down there? Um, oh, hopefully the, the worst of the winter's over and, um, you know, the tracks are starting to dry out. The, everything's sodden down there. It doesn't matter who you talk to, what, what area. So it's been very tra uh, difficult to train down there. So Jace has done a great job down there at home and um, he's got a fair few in work and uh, he's only been racing half a dozen but doing a great job with them. be tough to leave though given the weather over the last week or so in particular. Exactly right, yeah. No, it's <laughs> tough to leave but um, there's work to be done and a fair few young ones that got, they got in and gated up again so yeah, a fair bit of work ahead.
All right, great yeah. stuff. Appreciate the time this morning. We'll see you trackside. Right, see you, Chris. There's Bernie Hewitt. You won't find a better bloke than Bernie Hewitt. Bernie and Kath Hewitt, two legends of the sport based in Bathurst, and uh, he's hoping they get a little bit of joy there on Saturday night. Steve, I do have an update for you mm -hmm. uh, in regards to uh, Gary Hall over in, in Western Australia. Chicago? Uh, no, just with the boat. We've oh. been talking about this boat. It's probably about a month away. He went for his skipper's licence on the weekend, senior. This is senior. He passed the theory part, but he failed to, uh, and it was an automatic fail, I'm led to believe, where the man overboard, he just failed to pick up. Oh. So they, they failed him instantly. So he's got to reset his uh, skipper's test. And apparently it's fairly involved. But he passed the theory part, but it was just the, the practical part where he mm. just failed to pick up the man overboard. It's a true story. I probably shouldn't be saying this on air. Um, but I got my boat licence. It was on a piece of paper in those days um, when I was about 15. And it was all my dad gave the guy a carton of beer. <laughs> and seriously, and he, he wrote it out on the kitchen table. So, anyway. Well, he was blowing up. He said it's a lot harder now than what it was. He said, I should have done this years ago, but he said, I've, I've left it too late. But anyway, he's got to reset it. So that's the update. Yeah, well, look, isn't it interesting hearing Bernie and hearing Daryl Graham? I'm about to talk to Brittany Graham as well. But this, the bottom line is you're not going to please everyone. There's a bit of a yeah. mixed view already so far, Chris. But it seems if we, if we something like Albion Park or Parkland, Parklands, for example, I think many would be happy with something like that, wouldn't they? Yeah, absolutely. And it'll be really interesting to get Brittany's thoughts, being part of the younger demographic as well now. Bernie and Daryl have been around, so, you know, they've got their views and, and there's no problem like that. But it'll just be interesting to get that younger demographic to see if people, the younger people, want the bigger track or they're happy to stick at the 1,000 metres. And we can ask the question now because Brittany's online. Brittany, good morning. Morning, Chris. How are you? I'm very well. Track size, what would you say? Yeah, I'm probably one of those that just uh, is sitting on the fence a little bit. I mean, as a, a Queenslander and doing the majority of my driving at Albion Park, I think it's a very fair track. And again, um, everybody seems to sort of get their chance. But I know I've driven on Menangle on a couple of occasions and um, I know Dad's always been a big fan of the Menangle track from a horse welfare perspective. Um, but probably, and I, I understand the, the argument about uh, the size of the track and for those that are on course, um, it probably taking away from the atmosphere a little bit. But when we're thinking about um, horses, I mean, beg your pardon, when we're thinking about people going to the track, it's on a very rare occurrence that we're seeing big crowds anyway. So from your, on your day-to-day -day, uh, race meetings, I, I don't think the size of the track from a spectator's point of view has that big of a bearing however I know for myself now um, watching a lot of Menangle racing doing form on a lot of Menangle racing it's probably just the lack of um, I guess you could call it excitement or moves in a race at Menangle it, there's on a very very uh, rare occasion you see a horse come three wide at Menangle from anywhere earlier than say the, the 400 metre mark just moves can't be made Unless you're black to fake, you can't sit three wide and win a race at Menangle. So that's probably another thing I, I think we need to take into consideration when we're considering these tracks is that we need it to be exciting not only to view for those spectators that are on course, but we still need people to enjoy watching harness racing. And I, I do think from time to time, the racing at Menangle on the bigger track, there's 
very few moves and it's probably not the most exciting racing to watch from time I, to time. I think, and we, we see the same in America too. Yeah, I think you made a good point too, Brittany, with the crowds in the future. So say they we, we building a new track in Queensland. I don't you don't need these monstrous these huge grandstands anymore, do you? You need a nice uh, sized grandstand, obviously. And then for the big nights, if you get some temporary stands or marquees or whatever, but. You know, I think building new tracks with these huge grandstands are a thing of the past. Something I've noticed at Menangle as well, because it's our reference to, to a bigger track. For the Miracle Mile, for example, the horses marshal uh, behind the mobile in the back straight. And I've found it for the last few years, it's quite a, a, a strange feeling because the crowd and the atmosphere is so far away in that really important last few minutes before the race, whereas at Albion Park for races like the Blacks are fake uh, with the 2600 metre starting point in the back straight, the horses marshal around the front and the crowd will right there amongst the action in those last few minutes. So I think that's probably another thing to take into consideration but um, yeah I'm still not 100% sure but probably leaning towards 1000 metres at this stage are just for the reasons that we've stated. Yeah, Chris, that's been a bit of the criticism at Randwick as well, Brittany, the situation where the horses parade out the back and then come come through under the grandstand. Uh, okay. Okay, so people want to see them. I guess so. If they come into the truck, yeah. they do, don't they? <laughs> how crucial, how vital uh, training facility here in Queensland? Oh, uh, absolutely. Extremely vital. Um, I've heard of several... And, and you probably couldn't count them on both your hands, uh, industry participants that, that would love to set up shop here in Queensland. But the fact of the matter is there's sort of nowhere to go. And uh, in terms of even looking for properties, the amount that are in, because, of course, we're in a, a very small area here in Queensland with our tracks, everything's sort of within an hour of each other. You, you've also got a smaller area of properties that you that are suitable because you don't want to be too far away from anything. Uh, yeah, it's near and impossible to find something. And as Dad mentioned earlier on, we know that for sure and certain at the moment it's uh, very, very hard to find anything suitable. And then you can add several zeros onto the back of anything to, to purchase it. And, and I know for myself, I, I wouldn't be able to uh, go out on my own and, and purchase a property. So um, I was... When I was down in Sydney based, I had a horse at, at Menangle. And if you couldn't train a winner from Menangle and the facilities that, that are available to those at Menangle, then you're probably going to struggle to, to train a winner anywhere. And then it comes down to maintenance fees, having to buy floats and cars, um, and all that goes with the maintenance of those as well. They're all the extra add-ons. But if you had a training facility, uh, it would just make it so much more feasible for young people to become involved because it's very, very hard now. Yeah, it's crucial that we have that uh, training facility in the Sunshine State. Saturday night at Albion Park, Group 1 night. Will you be trackside Saturday night? Yep, yep. We'll have Sky Racing coverage on Saturday night and Sky Racing Active as well. So, uh, yep, Group 1 racing. We'll have um, all bases covered there. OK. Cat King Cole, is it as simple as it sounds that she's a dollar twelve and expected to win this race or is it a little bit more even? Well, you know, I'm probably a little bit biased in this respect. I'm hoping it's not a one-horse race, but on paper it probably looks as though and how, and how the barrier draws have unfolded that it may be the case. We saw, um, you know, probably the gate speed that was required to make this first few hundred metres, it probably isn't there now. My ultimate Levi 
somewhat stretched her out last week, Cat King Cole, but again, he was probably just aiming up for that position behind the leader. He's drawn the second row. A class to the max does have gate speed, and we've seen him lead it and win a feature at Albion Park, and I guess with this money on offer, you would expect that he would push forward, and good time Roy. Um, he... he would you would expect there to be improvement from him as well at his third start and a pretty aggressive driver in Pete McMullen has been engaged. So not only for the sake of the family with a horse drawn off the second row, but also for the sake of the race, um, I'm hoping that there's a little bit of action because uh, she's a super filly cat King Cole and she's been so dynamic so far this season. But we haven't seen her probably run the mile uh, so far solidly throughout. She's either had a little battle on her hands early on, then she's got a breather and she's sprinted home. Um, I have no doubt that she can certainly absorb that pressure and no matter if they uh, go and look her in the eye, she's probably going to be able to win anyway. But uh, we just don't know that yet, do we? No, that's right. Colt 31, does he bounce back on Saturday night? Uh, to be honest, at this stage, I haven't found a position for him in uh, my first four selections. Um, yeah, I was disappointed with him last week, as I'm sure all of his followers were, and probably his connections as well, and whether it was a case of that he was just simply out sprinted, but we've known him as a, a pretty fast horse in his own right. So not quite sure where he's at. I was pretty impressed with his run in the field, the Mr. Feelgood over the carnival. I thought that was a tip-top performance, but... The seven over the mile on Saturday night, it's not easy uh, for any horse, let alone, um, you know, Colt 31, who's maybe not at his absolute best. And this is a really strong field. So, um, yeah, it, he's, he's obviously the class runner of the field. I'm just not quite sure where he's at at the moment. OK. And your best bet for Saturday night? I've actually found it really hard to, to find a good thing on Saturday night, aside from Cat King Cole, who will be short, because I think they're really competitive races. But uh, I've decided upon race eight, number eight, King Triton. I was with him last week, and he just went down narrowly. Beach Boy Butch, the one, is now out of the draw. So a hope a chopper will move down into the one gate, and he looks a likely leader, and King Triton looks as though he'll get that good run in behind. So uh, nice and easy to remember, race eight, number eight, King Triton, my best on Saturday at Albion. Perfect. Race 8, number 8, King Triton. Brittany, as always, appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside later today. Thank you. Yeah, Brittany Graham, Chris joining us. And uh, I did speak to Peter Gleeson earlier, Chris, when Jared was hosting the Greyhound show about Ride High. He said, look, as far as he knows at the moment, he's doing um, weekly work on the, the Aqua Walker or the Water Walker Ride High. He said he's hopeful he may be racing or trialling come October. Certainly no Victoria Cup, but maybe some free-for-alls uh, October, something like that. But wouldn't be great to see him back uh, at the races. And he's hopeful that he will be then. Uh, well, that's a story fingers crossed. Yeah, Matt Young's with us, Chris. Matty Young, we've got nine races at Gloucester Park coming through tomorrow night. Uh, good morning. There's feature racing too with the four and five-year-old Mayor's feature, which is race number five. What is the best bet on the program? Very good morning to you, boys. Uh, yeah, look, best bet, uh, a bit like Brittany, it's a little bit tricky to try and find something of uh, value for this program, but I think if you go... Race seven, number one, Mandy Jones should be able to win, but uh, might do something a little bit different. Go the exactter with uh, two in per second, which is uh, free to wear. Mandy Jones should lead. She's third up from a spell. She should show her absolute best. Free to wear should jump straight to the back with no back line, and that should be the Quinella leader leaders back. It's um, a patented formula of Gloucester Park, so uh, that's the way to go, I think, tomorrow night. Race seven, an exacter, one and one from two in something okay, different. Some 
Mandy Joan from free to wear. Race seven, one and then two. So it's very simple there. Uh, just on Minstrel last week, uh, he was able to win again. Um, they're talking about the Victoria Cup. The timing seems perfect for a horse like Minstrel. As Steve just outlined, Ride High's not going to be there. Lock and Varart's not going to be there. He'll have to face King of Swing. Uh, he's headed that way. Amazing Dream's likely to go that way as well. But the timing just seems to be perfect for Minstrel to tackle a race like that. Yeah, exactly right. And I think the Victoria Cup, he's going to um, race a few more times here. I would suggest he's uh, handling the step up in grade. He's a bit more mature with a bit more racing under his belt. I think it's, uh, as you said, a really good time for him to head over and really showcase how good he can be. So uh, he, he handled that field last week pretty easily. Not that there was uh, an extreme amount of talent in the race, but it's just the way he handled them. So I think he's come back very well, and if they can keep him on the right track, uh, he is a serious horse. So it'd be great to see how he meshes up in the eastern seaboard. As we know as well, Matt, there's a lot of depth over there with the, uh, the free-for-allers in Perth. Uh, we know Shockwave's out at the moment. He's going to be off the scene for a little while. Uh, too fast, too serious. We've been talking about Hurricane Harley. He's now joined the stables of Justin Prentice. What sort of impact do you think Hurricane Harley's going to have on the, uh, the free-for-all scene in Perth? Yeah, it's, well, it's definitely a positive one. Um, he, he's, he's going to be welcomed with open arms. Of course, we'll have Chicago Bull hopefully returning back to the track very soon, heading towards the Summer Carnival. So Hurricane Harley just adds that extra little, uh, little bit of interest and... Um, just coming from a different point of view, basically, he's coming from the Eastern States racing. His form is very good. Uh, I think the style of his racing and the way he's built, he will handle Gloucester Park perfectly. He's with a very strong stable, so I can only see good things for Hurricane Harley coming across to WA and uh, to really bump into the horses like Mighty Conqueror, Minstrel, Chicago Bull, Magnificent Storm. I think it makes for a pretty entertaining carnival. That's, that's still the names that we have on the list to uh, showcase our WA Pacing Cup and Fremantle Cup coming up. So uh, it's definitely hasn't. It's definitely not at its absolute peak with uh, the likes of Labra Joe, Too Fast, Too Serious, and also Shockwave, who would have been very handy additions to the uh, Pacing Cup this year. But uh, yeah, as you said, the, the depth is there, and Hurricane Harley really adds to that. Mm, it'd be interesting to see which way, whether Gary Hall Jr.'s got the uh, the option to drive Hurricane Harley or does he stick with uh, with Bully or does he go with the uh, the other guy, the big Texas? Uh, he'll be on, on, on the comeback by that stage as well. Yeah, exactly. There's another one, Texas Tigers. So um, you forget them when they disappear for a little while, but he'll come back on the scene and he was so, so good last preparation. I would imagine that Jr. would stick with Chicago Bull, but... Um, he does like to chase the dollars, so uh, no doubt he'll he'll be looking for the best drive he can possibly take. But whoever picks up Chicago Bull, if he does jump off, uh, I'm pretty sure they'll be more than happy to jump in and keep the seat warm. Yeah, there'll be a few putting their hand up. Don't worry about that. So, <laughs> I reckon Stewie McDonald would come back home for the drive. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, I, I'm tipping there'd be a few others from the East Coast that would uh, happily take that uh, long flight trip across the Nullarbor and uh, sit behind Chicago Bull. I reckon we'll Chris is that. about that, driving him. Who's that? You. <laughs> Please. You'd love to have no. a feel of him even in exercise, I reckon. No, not not me. No. Not me. I reckon, so, I reckon We'll, we'll cross that bridge across, when we get to it. Uh, he, would give you the, he would give you a steer on him. He would give you... Senior would give you a steer on him uh, around the jog track or track work. He gave me a steer on I'm the Mighty Quinn about 10 years ago, so 
Um, yeah. He's pretty good like that, singer. There you go, Chris. Yeah. There you go. I've got to head west, get behind the bull. So I'll be happy to take credit if he came back and returned as a winner as well. <laughs> yeah, well, Quinny got beaten after I drove him, so... <laughs> 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 uh, there you go. That's, that's, the other, that's the sad part of the story, but... Um, yeah, he did, he did go on to win it into the minute, I think, four starts later. Oh, well, there you go. You can hang your hat on that one, Matty. Hey, as That's always, right. appreciate the time. Uh, we'll take the tip with uh, Race 7, the uh, exactor, Mandy Joan, into free-to-wear. That's tomorrow night. Race 7, one from two. We'll talk next week. Cheers, guys. Thank you.